What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 48 of the Off the Glass podcast. Trade deadline day. We knew it was coming. Um, mixed, mixed opinions. I feel like we kind of got spoiled the last couple of deadlines. We had way big star names move the last couple of years. So not a ton of star power getting shifted around at this deadline, but a lot of key pieces that I think could sway the way that the NBA postseason looks. Definitely, definitely were moved. So a lot to get into. As always, if you're here, first of all, if you're here in the live stream, drop us something in the comment, like the stream, um, sub to the channel if you aren't already. Um, go over to the audio platforms, leave us a five-star rating, pre-download the show, follow us at the socials on the bottom of the screen. Um, before we get into, you know, all things trade deadline, biggest winners, biggest losers, because I got a lot of opinions because some teams made some huge moves. Some teams made literally zero moves. And mm -hmm. I just, I don't understand what's going on. But before we get into that, as always, how are we doing today, Dame? How are we feeling? Uh, I'm feeling good, man. Feeling good. A little, little underwhelmed, like you said. You know, in the past, we had some more, like, more, like, more uh, hotter trade deadline. You know what I mean? But this one, you know, like I said, it was some still some, some stuff that moved around, shook up some stuff in the NBA. So I'm doing good. I'm ready to get into it, ready to talk about it. Definitely. And the trade deadline also, it felt like most years you get that, you know, first trade that happens like five, six days, sometimes like a week out. This one, it was pretty dry up until like what, like last night? Mm -hmm. Like, right. That was the, the, the Celtics did a deal uh, to get Xavier Tillman. Yeah, Tillman. Which is a, mm -hmm. It's a nice pickup for them for sure. Um, he'll provide some good backup, big depth. Uh, Simone Fontecchio got moved over to the Pistons. He's going to provide some good spacing to him. He's almost a 40% uh, 40 three-point shooter. Um, and you have Monte Morris head over to the Timberwolves, which is also must-needed because they definitely need a boost in guard play. Um, and that kind of kicked it off, and we had a, a decent-sized deadline here that we're going to get through. Um, the first big trade uh, this morning, uh, really say Buddy Heel trade, uh, 76ers went out, got Buddy Heald. It's going to be a big, big boost to their spacing. Um, they ended up having to give up Marcus Morris, Forkon Korkmaz, who, for those of y'all I don't remember, had like a trade request like last offseason, which <laughs> um, is crazy. Um, and I think they only had to give up three second-round picks, so they go mm. and get Buddy. Um, honestly, I'm, I'm surprised the Pacers gave him up because it felt like, this is maybe like the third season in a row that Buddy's been in trade talks since he's been in Indiana. And of all the times to trade him, this felt like the time where he fit best with this current constructed roster. So I'm interested to see what your thoughts are because I was a little confused as as why now was the time for Indiana to make that move with Buddy. Well, with Buddy Hill, isn't he on an expiring deal? Isn't he I think so, too. I mean, if he's on an expiring, I feel like that's probably the reason why now. I, I mean, I'm assuming you're planning on not really, you know, paying him and bringing him back. Because, like you said, right now I do feel like he fits best with this team. But maybe just in their eyes, like, timeline-wise, based off his age and where you're at, you know, as a team, maybe it just didn't fit in the way they wanted to construct the team. Um, so they might figure, you know, we move him now, we at least get something. If we're not going to pay him, and just let him go for nothing. So I see what, they, what they're doing from that aspect. But, again, like – He's been in. He's one of the guys that's been in trade talks for like, like I said, the past like three years. And I feel like if you moved on beforehand, you definitely would have got more than what you got now. It's still better than nothing. But granted, I do feel like you could have got a better deal. But mm -hmm. for the Sixers, I like it. You know, um, hopefully I love it for the Sixers. 
Exactly. Yeah. Hopefully Embiid does come back and actually, you know, in, isn't out for the whole year. Um, Cause if he does, like I said, that adds to their spacing um, as just a great addition for them all around, give them more offense. And it really just helps out with the entire team. It helps them for that playoff push. If Embiid was to come back and even if he doesn't, you know, you bring him back, you know, um, retain him even past this year. I still mm-hmm. like it for the Sixers. So for them, I like it for the Pacers. Like I said, if you're going to let him walk for nothing, I get just getting something in return. But it's like, if you're going to move him, you definitely could have moved him last year, year prior when you were in trade talks with a bunch of different teams who probably would have paid way more than this. Yeah, and just to, to clarify what you said earlier, he is on an expiring deal. And it's crazy. He's 31. Doesn't like he's been in the league for seven years, but you gotta remember he was a, a actual senior at Oklahoma. Like one of the few guys okay, who yeah. gets drafted um after playing a, a four-year career in college. Uh so he got drafted at sounds like was like 24. Um okay. so he's actually getting up there in age, even though he's it's crazy. Like Devin Booker's been in the league probably longer than him. It is still just now hitting his prime. Um, but yeah, interesting, interesting for the the uh, Pacers to make that deal. Um, one of the biggest deals of the day um, is the Thunder adding Gordon Hayward from the Charlotte Hornets. In multiple years now where Gordon has been suspected to have gotten traded from Charlotte, that deal finally gets done. The Thunder are adding um, another wing who potentially could start, take Josh Giddy's starting role uh, out of the lineup because he's been, has not fit as well as it has in past years, uh, especially with this current roster construction for the Thunder. Um, and they had to give up uh, some draft compensation. I don't think that's been fully cleared up yet, but Trey Mann, uh, Davis Bertans, and Mitchich as well. Um, really excited for Trey Mann because in the limited times that he had to play on the Thunder, not even really much this year, but in the prior seasons, he looks like a very talented hooper, bro. He just there's no room for him in that mm. guard room. They're so backlogged there with talent. So I'm excited for him to go to a place with no expectations and just pure opportunity. He can just go out and hoop. So excited for him. But I think this Gordon Hayward fit is going to be big, bro. I think it's going to be big for the Thunder. Um, he's an experienced guy. And there's not a ton of vets on that team. Um, and if nothing else, he can provide spacing, which Giddy is not <laughs> providing currently when he's on the floor. Right. Um, and you know, he can he can play off ball, he can play within the role of offense, and he understands what it means to get to the playoffs and try to make playoff runs. He's been on rosters like that before, which again is critical for such a young team like the Thunder. So I don't know what do you think about this this Gordon Hayward pickup. This is one, like I said, that's been long overdue for him in Charlotte. I like it. I definitely like it. Like I said, worst case scenario, that's a veteran in there that can, you know, has experience, has like been deeper into the playoffs. So, I mean, for him, I like it. I mean, for for the team, I like it. Um, I am a little disappointed. I kind of wanted to add a big. I still feel like they, you know, they have rebounding problems. They have like size problems, especially if you're going to be, you know, going deep into the playoffs. So I still feel like that's a concern. But just this move in general, like I said, add spacing, add another person who can score. And it's, mm-hmm. I feel like, fits well with the team, the way the team plays already. So overall, I definitely like this move for OKC, 100%. Uh, one of the things I love about this Oklahoma City roster is there's a lot of guys who can play off the ball, but a lot of them are also capable, at least in some capacity. I'm not saying they're all elite crazy shot makers or shot creators like Shea, but a lot of That's them can, mean, yeah. right, they can create for themselves 
in spurts. In spurts, right? right. Right. And so you're adding another guy who can do that. Um, mm-hmm. On top of obviously Shea, but also J Dub is phenomenal at self creation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chet at times can create for himself, even at the perimeter and sometimes down low. Um, so like you've got a lot of guys, and those are the types of when you think about championship teams, you need to check a lot of boxes, and one of them is you need guys who can relieve pressure off of your main guy. 100%. So you need to have guys who are able to to get their own shot. At, for chunks of, at a time because it can't always be engined by one person. Because like we've talked about many times before, you get to that playoffs, bro, teams are going to lock in on whatever your main guy is, whatever your main go-to for your offense is. You've got to have different tools in your bag to to get through. So I think this is a huge pickup for, for OKC. Um, I know they had kind of been rumored for a while to maybe like, you know, Lord Marketing out in Utah. Uh, I think this provides – let me be very careful with my wording, like similar mm-hmm. type of help. Obviously, Laurie is playing at an all-star level. We haven't seen that from Gordon Hayward in a long time. Um, but again, check some of the similar boxes in terms of spacing. Like I said, some level of self-creation, um, which I think is needed, um, again, especially to try to fill that gap that Giddy has been playing at the threes. I think they're trying to shrink those minutes because they, they just have not been good up mm-hmm. to this point in the season. Yeah. Um, Let's move to, at least for me, probably the, mm, let's say, I, I think they're the second biggest winner here at the deadline. That's actually going to be the Dallas Mavericks, um, who made two very nice moves. The first one being they ended up getting Daniel Gafford from the Wizards for some draft comp and Rashawn Holmes. And then they also went out and got P.J. Washington um, getting off of Grant Williams, Seth Curry, and I think it's a loosely protected first-round pick in 2027. So bringing in P.J. Uh, and Daniel Gafford, I think both are huge, huge moves for this Mavericks team, which I think needed a ton of help, a ton of help in the front court. Um, and they're getting some good depth behind Derek Lively, who uh, I think he's banged up right now. But Daniel Gafford is a guy who can come in. He's been very productive um, throughout his time in Washington. Um, he's really blossomed there as a player since he got traded from Chicago a few years ago. He's a guy that can come in and start for you if needed, but definitely he'll be able to shine and as a backup big here in Dallas. And P.J. Washington, again, a guy who can space the floor. We already know what Luka is able to do um, with this currently constructed roster, being able to provide him with more spacing. Um, and again, just more bodies. They are like probably 10 or 11 people deep of like players you are pretty comfortable with um, in a rotation. So this is, I think, the deepest the Mavericks have been probably since Luka has been there in terms of, like, these are very quality role players as you have 9, 10, 11 guys down the bench. So this is a great deadline for them. Again, like I said, not a deadline where a lot of stars are moved, but this is one of the teams who stacked up on a lot of role players who are looking to make that jump to get to deep contention, Western Conference Finals, potentially the finals coming out of the West. 100%. This, this is the type of move that kind of solidifies your roster. Like, we've seen the best type of bigs to play with Luka are guys that can, you know, set screens, be lob threats, roll to the basket, and rim protect. And then that's what Daniel Gafford can bring to this team. Um, So I like that from that aspect. Like you said, also gives them big men depth. And then the same thing with P.J. Tucker as far as, like, just give him 
more PJ Washington. Space, or P, I said PJ Tucker. Yeah, that that pulls this <laughs> threw me off. But PJ Washington um can give him more space and be a little bit more versatile. And then mm-hmm. like we said before, relieve a little bit more pressure off of Luca because he can pick and roll, he can pick and pop, he can do a bunch of different things offensively, and he's been playing re- well recently. So as far as like I said, it's not huge stars, but as far as guys that fit with the team, that fit with the way you kind of want to play, and then fit alongside your superstar in Luca. I feel like it's a really good fit, and it's a really good move for the Mavs. So, again, with this team, and I'm sure the team we're going to talk about pretty soon, just making moves that kind of, you know, lock in with, uh, with your roster, like gel with your roster, and help you in that, like, playoff push. So, I like it. I definitely like it for the Mavs. For sure. And we're not too far removed from uh, his 43-point his game, right? That was, like, it was a couple, couple of days. Maybe, like, that might have been just a week ago, a week ago, like, towards the end of January. Mm-hmm. Um. So again, a guy who can who can fill it up, he provides great size. I think he's like probably six, seven, six, like eight. Six, yeah, yeah, about yeah. Six, eight. Um, so again, definitely necessary wing depth that was added between, uh, or wing and big depth between PJ, um, and, and Daniel Gafford there. But like you already kind of alluded to, I think the winner of this deadline is why Jalen Brunson is on the, the front <laughs> of the thumbnail. The New York Knicks, bro. They're here, they're, man. They're they're a threat. Not nah, they are hundred percent threat. Hundred percent. Boston. Uh, I, I don't, I'm not even gonna put Philly in that conversation right now because of Joel Embiid's health. Like, but Boston, Milwaukee, watch out. But even you have listen, to watch out. I ain't gonna lie, Joel Embiid healthy. Even then, I'm still, bro. Watch everybody, out, bro. Help, everybody, everybody, help. you bro. have to be. Last year, it, bro, they, they, Jalen Brunson was by himself took the, the the heat to six games, bro, and the heat got out of this conference. Bro, I'm telling you, bro, the Knicks, the Knicks are legit. I guess I'm sure you probably want to talk about the actual move first, and then we can talk about you know what it did for the Knicks. But just as far as the move, adding Alec Burks and then um and Bodon, I feel like it's same thing. Great fits, great fits with the way you want to play. Great fits with as far as like spacing, give you um better role players to play alongside your stars. So, to me, I just feel like it's it's kind of perfect. And then you talked about this a while ago about how this Knicks team feels like a Knicks team. Mm-hmm. And if you just look at the whole roster, top to bottom, that's what it is. It's a Tibbs New York Knicks team that is scrappy that plays defense. Now they have added a little bit more spacing that can help out in the offensive end. Again, same thing we talked about: relieve pre- relieve more pressure. This is great, bro. Like the Knicks, easily one of the best teams in the East, and like you said, all those top, you know, all those top seeds in the East, definitely gotta watch out, bro. Hundred percent gotta watch out. But the, the move itself, I love it for the Knicks. After this move, I, I have it pulled up here just like for context. When fully healthy, the Knicks top eleven in their rotation. Eleven, obviously have Brunson, Divincenzo, OG Ananobi, Julius Randle. Mitchell Robinson, Isaiah Hartenstein, Alec Burks, Josh Hart, Bojan Bogdanovich, Precious Achua, uh, and Deuce McBride. Bro. Oh, nice roster. <laughs> and they're deep, bro. Deep, <laughs> deep, versatile, defend, effort, scrappy, spacing, shooting. shooting what was yes, I just everything. talking about? You got to check a lot of boxes. They're mm. checking all of those boxes, bro. I just watched Precious Achua. He put the Pacers in hell on the offensive glass <laughs> the other night, bro. And when Rob when Mitchell Robinson is healthy, he's going to be their third center. That's crazy. This team is very 
deep. They've got a ton of spacing. Adding Alec Burks and, and Boyan Bogdanovich today, again, you've now got additional self-creation and spacing outside of Jalen Brunson on top of Julius Randle when he comes back healthy. Bro. Bravo. Give, give Leon Rose a round of applause, applause bro. They, Phenomenal they, deadline. 100%. They just seem more serious. You know what I mean? They just seem like mm-hmm. a, ton, a team that recognizes, all right, cool. We're not just a team that all right, we're gonna be we're gonna be all right, you know, we're gonna make some noise going in the second round. Like, no, we're a team that can legitimately come out of the East. So let's add add these pieces that fit with our team to allow us to do that and play with an actual identity. Cause before, like obviously when they had RJ Bear and quickly and all of them, it's like they were a solid team. They didn't really have like the a great identity, I'd say, like a way they wanted to play. You can easily see it now, obviously starting off with the OG edition, but then even now adding more spacing. Um yeah, I just I just feel like it's great for them. Like they're a legit contender. And man, I'm in a series. I'm not making no predictions. It's way too, for me. It's way too early. I ain't mm-hmm. I ain't making no predictions right now. But I will just say, it's not a lot of teams. I don't think I'd pick over them in a seven game series right now. No, and you can't. And they're playing like it. I really think them adding OG this little stretch period that they've had between the acquisition and the deadline to see how much that elevated their play, right. I feel like was what gave Leon the green light to say, all right, this is the time. Let's go for it. Consolidate and like, let's go right now. So mm-hmm. love the moves. Absolutely love the move for the for the Knicks. Knicks fans, bro. What, what's Stephen A.P. saying? Orange and blue skies. Orange <laughs> and blue skies. It's only one man that could hold y'all back, man. I ain't gonna lie. It's only one guy that could come playoff time that could hold y'all back. So we'll we'll see. Maybe third time's a charm because it was the last two. It was rough. <laughs> Maybe third time's a charm. I don't know. Jalen may just be he might just be good enough to say F that I'm carrying regardless. He, nah, I he mean might he's, just. he's like that, bro. He's like, but you know, at the end of the day, you still need that that second guy to go in there and, and, mm-hmm. and contribute and you know be that all-star caliber player that he's supposed to be. So I mean we'll see, man. We'll definitely see. Yeah, and get well soon to OG. Apparently, he just got surgery today. He has some, yeah, I loose, just seen like that. loose bones in his elbow, but they said it was minor. He'll be back in like three weeks. But mm-hmm. they get healthy. They get OG back. They get Julius Randle back. If they could hopefully hopefully get uh, Mitchell Robinson back, potentially it sounded like around the start of the playoffs is why their disabled player exception got denied by the league. So if he can come back, they're going to be set, bro. They're going to be set. This I, I love it. I love it because the East is so. It felt like coming into the year, you got the we, we're talking Celtics, Bucks, Celtics, Bucks, and now you've got the Knicks who've asserted themselves. You've got the Cavs who've asserted themselves. Mm-hmm. It's not a two man race out there anymore. It's not right. a two man race out East. So I I love it. I love how much parity there is in both conferences right now. Um, and honestly, on the other side of things, I I like what the Pistons did today. Like again, they're not in a position to make any splash moves or uh you know go out and and change the trajectory of their season like it's it's pretty much a wash for them but going out bringing in a guy like Quinn Grimes he's going to fit great next to Cade Cunningham he's going to fit great next to Cade Cunningham I've loved him with the Knicks he felt like a Tibbs guy um mm-hmm. I know that was probably a hard one for some Knicks fans to see you know have to move on but um I, I really like that fit there for uh, for Detroit um, they made a couple other small moves. I think they got Daniel House as well. Um, you know, just small things that I think put them in a position to try to add to this young core and build out in Detroit. So, hundred percent. And, and side note, by, by the way, too, we we are live right now. I'm gonna pick a side meme. Said the Knicks over the Celtics. 
<laughs> I, I'm peeping. I'm peeping. Over the that's a little. That's a little spicy. I don't know if I could go that far yet, but like you just said, I think it, the fact that it's even a debate is coming into this season. Celtics. Nobody. No question. Knicks, unless you're a Knicks fan, but right now, legitimately, they they have. You cannot count the Knicks out in any series right now. You can't. Not at all. No, not at all. Led by their six oh. one guard, <laughs> led by their small guard. Can you imagine that? That'd be right. funny though. If the, if, 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 if they won the chip? chip this year, <laughs> yeah. that'd be crazy. But yeah, they would be on Becky Hammond's head, crazy. But not even being wrong, like facts. Because <laughs> if he do it, he literally would be another anomaly. Like facts. You have Isaiah Thomas, Steph, and then Brunson. Hundred percent. But it's gonna um, be exciting, man. I'm excited. Yeah, that's huge. Before we get on to some of the other deals, I, I do we have to touch on some of the, the losers here. For sure. And this is not a year where anybody really feels like they got fleeced, you know, like, again, because there's no no big stars moved, right? The teams that I feel like are losers this year are the ones who sat on their hands and are already in a position where they're teetering they're teetering the play-in, like not even the playoffs in some of these instances. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the biggest one to me, and we said this last year at the deadline. We talked about this every since we had this pod. We've talked about this. I know exactly what you're talking about. Right? <laughs> How many times are the Chicago Bulls going to sit here and just like look around, see people getting moved, and not want to jump in on the action? There it, is no direction for this organization right now, other than the fact that they are actually, I think, the number two team or the number one team, excuse me, in total average or average attendance per game. Still getting over 20,000 people a night to the United Center for a team that is not going to make the playoffs. That's and crazy, even man. if by some miracle they do, first round exit. Easily. Guaranteed. Easily. And look, it's all unfortunate what's, what's happening to Lonzo. We saw he was back in the gym uh, this week putting up shots. So, again, we, we all hope that he can come back and, and be healthy and be the player that he used to be. Um, but that started this kind of, like, downward spiral for the Bulls. You put together him and, and DeMar and Zach Levine, and he felt like that missing piece. And once he was gone – it's all just kind of gone downhill and they've been teetering again. They're not even, it's not like a team like, oh, they're scrapping and clawing the seven seed, the six seed. It's like, they might not make the plan, bro. Like you cannot sit here at this deadline with DeMar DeRozan on an expiring contract and say, nah, we're, we're good. We believe that we currently constructed have what it takes to make a push. Just you're just lying to yourselves. You're lying to yourselves and you're lying to your fans. It's not good, bro. It's 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 terrible management. That's what it is. It's literally terrible management. Like you're just mm-hmm. not making the right moves in in the direction you're supposed to be going in. Because it's like you're staying pat. Like you said, you're acting like a team that is we're a couple pieces away. We're a couple like like the Knicks and the in the Cavs did like I'm not the Cavs the Knicks and the the Mavs did like yeah we're a couple key role players here away like we're just we're, you're not close bro you are you're not close you are nowhere near close and with this current like roster that you have right now 
there's no direction. There's no there's no reason you guys should be staying pat with this roster. It's just there's no path forward with the way you guys are going. So to you know sit on your hands like you said and just not make any moves, not make any deals, not even try to you know build or, or tear it down and rebuild like we've been saying for the longest time. It's mm-hmm. just bad management. And it's like, like I said, ever since I believe we started this podcast, we've said that they need to tear it down and rebuild and start again. And the fact that we're still here a year later is like, it's just, like I said, it's just bad management. It, it honestly makes no sense. The first YouTube video I ever did was literally after the trade deadline last year, going over the biggest. I went through every single trade and then went through the biggest winners and losers. And I said, the Chicago Bulls are crazy for not doing anything. They are not in a position to be like, we're good with what we got. Y'all don't have it. Lucevic came out saying he likes what we have. We think we have. We, what do you say? He thinks we have what it takes. What it takes for what? <laughs> Literally, the nine seed it. right now, bro. Right. Y'all are three and a half, three and a half games above the. I just had a standings pull up. Three and a half games above the Nets who are the 11th seed out East. There is a for real chance like that this team does not make the playing tournament. And again, even if y'all do, you're running into the Celtics, the Cavs, the Bucks, or the Knicks, maybe the Sixers. Sweet. All five of those teams are sweeping this Chicago Bulls team easily like cakewalk. You're just not being honest with yourselves, bro. You're not being honest. Because like I said, if you do make the playoffs, then what? There's no, there's right. no way you could look at the team. You look at the way you've been playing. There's no way you could legitimately say, yo, we have a chance to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, let alone come out of the East. If you're not right. doing that, and you're not, you don't have like, you know, a, a, a good young core in a great direction. There's no reason you should be staying pat with your roster, bro. I think we talked about it all the time. Those teams that just constantly, just not even mid, you're just like below average, but not super bad enough to where you know you can actually rebuild through the draft. It's a terrible way to, to to go about your roster and go about, you know, team construction. So, but again, am I surprised? No, because like I said, they've been doing this for like, it feels like forever now. So I'm really not that surprised. What's crazy is, and I didn't even peep this until uh, Kenny pointed it out. He actually put up a video. It felt like as soon as the trade deadline ended, I think he had it recorded. Like he knew if they weren't <laughs> going to do anything. Put out a whole video, basically like a 15 minute rant going off about, how inactive this new front office has been at the deadline. And he pointed out that the one bright spot on this Bulls roster right now is Kobe White this season. Mm -hmm. That is someone that was drafted by Garpax, who had gotten fired for Artunis Karnishovas, who's the current GM. So really, the only bright spot is not even from this current front office. (laughs) Y'all have done nothing to improve this current roster. You're going to... Do you think DeMar DeRozan is going to resign there? And even if he did, does it make a difference? I was just about to say, what's the, even if he does, like, what's the point, bro? So, like, I, I, I genuinely, I, bro, if y'all got fans that are Chicago, if y'all have friends that are Chicago Bulls fans, bro, give them a hug, give them a call, check in on them, bro. I, I don't understand it. We haven't understood it for months now, years really, and they they just refuse to make. Any type of moves. Obviously, the Zach Levine, you know, foot surgery thing. It sounds like he may actually have had the deal on the table to get him to Detroit. He might have did the surgery thing to, you know, be like, ah, not trying to go there. Do you blame him? He, no, not at all. Because when you <laughs> think about it, bro, Zach Levine went from 
Minnesota, which was a losing situation. Chicago got there, losing situation, finally made the playoffs after like seven or eight years in the NBA, bounced in the first round, hasn't sniffed a playoff game since then, and then is in a position now where they're probably going to miss the playoffs again. I would not be trying to go to a team that just set the losing streak record this year. (laughs) So I don't blame him one bit. But if that's the case, DeMar is on an expiring, bro. You've got to make some shape. Every team in the NBA that is trying to contend for a championship would love to have Alex Caruso on their roster. I promise you, you could have gotten a fantastic deal for Alex Caruso. There's no way you don't pull the trigger on that right now. Because what is he? What are we doing with him here? Just wasting his wasting his talents, bro. He doesn't add. He's not like I said. He's a he. He can help a contending team for you guys. It's like he's gonna help you get the nine seed. Like right. Why he's why his value is super high. It just like I said. It's just poor management. You don't know when to move off of these guys when you should. You don't know when to like tear it down when you should. It's just it's delusion. It's, that's really what it is. It's delusion. Yeah, I. I don't understand it. And we can keep on this topic. Like I said, all the losers, it feels like, are the teams who are teetering in a weird spot and didn't make any moves. And so I'm going to open the floor to you as the Lakers fan here. No moves. Nothing was done at the trade deadline. All the rumors, D'Lo's going here. I'm going to get DeJounte. Maybe you can get Zach. Maybe this, that. No moves are made. So this team, barring a couple of different Adding in the addings in the buyout market to come in the next couple of weeks. This is the Lakers roster for the 2023-24 season. How are you feeling right now? <laughs> I don't know if this is like a hot take or like against consensus. I'm really not that upset, bro. Like I don't. I've seen people like, oh my god, how come we didn't get this player, get that player? If anything, I'm I'm a little upset we didn't get like some of these like nice little spacing addition role players. Like you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying, like a Bodon, like a. Or just anybody that can, you know, space the floor a little bit. But I, as far as big moves, I really didn't want no big moves. Like, D'Lo is playing great right now. And honestly, even before this crazy hot streak he was on, D'Lo was playing fine this year. Like, D'Lo was being able to shoot the ball. He was efficient. He was playing well. He was just making some bonehead mistakes. But that's just that's what he does. Even when he's playing well, he makes those little bonehead mistakes. But he's been playing well. So it's not like, oh, my God, we got to get him off our team. We To me, the way I view it is like, we just went from the offseason, right, where everybody, not just Lakers fans, not LeBron fans, and everybody was saying, yo, the Lakers had the best offseason of anyone in the NBA. They were like, yo, listen, A-plus offseason, love the additions, love the people they brought in. To go from that to this roster sucks, we got to trade everybody, we got to get reinforcements. No, bro. it's it's. I still feel like the roster, it's fine. Yeah, you, you can always upgrade your roster. You can always be a little bit better. I still feel like the roster is fine. I'm not going to lie, I'm coming around to the other side to where I do think, like, we do got some coaching problems. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I don't. Dang. Yeah, but listen, I've been trying to hold out, bro. I don't I don't think it's it, bro. I'm going to be honest with you. I really don't think it's it. Um, Mr. Pocket Man. Mr. Hands go. in the Pockets, man. Hands in the Pockets, bro. <laughs> it's it's tough, man. Because, like, listen, I've seen better coaches work with less. Yeah. So, I feel like the roster is good enough to where I'm not saying we're a, a championship team right now. But I feel like we're better than, you know, what our record shows. And it's evident by, you know, when we play good teams, we look like we're supposed to be there, bro. And no, bro, pick a side meme in the chat. Y'all win the in-season tournament, bro. That's what I'm saying. Winner go-home environment. (laughs) I swear, bro. It's like when something's on the line, we're there. You know, when we're playing for something, we're there. But it's like, 
I don't know. We just can't get up for every game every night, which is crazy. But recently, we've been playing a little bit better. So mm-hmm. maybe that, you know, turns things around. But I just – I don't feel like we were at a point where, like, it was 100% necessary that we had to make a huge move. Like I said, I don't know if that's, like, a hot take. I don't know if that's against consensus. But to me, just watching the Lakers play, I still feel like the roster and the team has what it takes. Granted, we got to get healthy. I know Vandal's hurt now. So, like, we just been kind of not healthy pretty much all year. I feel like we get healthy. You know, we kind of lock in. I feel like we still have what it takes to at least make some sort of noise. I understand people are going to say it's a LeBron-led team, so, like, just making noise is never good enough. Listen, I'm a realistic Lakers fan. I just feel like, you know, we get in there, we have a chance. So that's where I'm at on it. I don't feel like, you know, it's a it's a huge L that we didn't make any moves. I think that's the proper take. Like, you have to – Lakers fans, and this kind of just goes for any of the biggest fan bases – it feels like sometimes they get detached from reality, right? We think, like, we, could get, we, think we could get anybody, bro. That's right. the problem. We think we could get anybody for nothing. When when the report came out, there was like the Bucks are interested in DeJounte Murray. It's like, okay, who can you give up to get him? Right. Same type of stuff with Lakers fans and like the people that they get linked to. Like how, realistically, how could you have gotten Zach Levine that the, that the Bulls would have been like, you know what? That seems like a fair offer. There's just no way for them to – to, they're tied down, bro. Like that's just yeah. the reality <laughs> of the situation. They they did all their wiggling last year at the deadline. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of what you got. Um, so it's tough. You would have liked to maybe see, like you said, to try to find a way to get one of those floor spacers. Joe Harris did just get cut. That potentially, I feel like it could be could be a guy that comes in um, in the buyout market just to add spacing. Um, and a guy who can we know is a sharpshooter can play minutes in the playoffs. So it's not completely set. Like I said, I would know they'll make moves on the buyout market, but tough. It's just tough to be in the position that you're in when you have LeBron still playing this well at age 39. Like, ah, I got to find a way. <laughs> I say, listen, bro, but we made like we got good pieces around. It's just I do feel like. Like I said, the biggest thing for me is spacing-wise. Like, there's times where we just – we're not playing in the same NBA as some of these other teams that can space the floor and shoot a bunch of threes. That's just not us. Like, we, yeah. we're we big. We get to the basket. We get foul calls. You know, we play defense. Like, that's our identity. So, you know, it's either we completely buy into that or, you know, we you know, adapt a little bit, get some more spacing on our team. But at the end of the day, like I said, I don't think any big deal was necessary. Honestly, I feel like any deal – would have kind of just made me mad. <laughs> like, if I just seen D'Lo get traded for somebody, <laughs> I probably would have been mad. So, I'm honestly, I'm just happy that, you know, nothing happened. We're good. We just need to lock in, make some adjustments. I don't know, Darvin him, get your hands out your pockets, and then we, we can turn up from there. But I, I feel like we'll be fine. It's just, again, and I will admit it, a lot of Lakers fans just feel like we can get anybody for nothing. Right. Or we can feel like we can get Donovan Mitchell for a, a second-round draft pick or something. Like, it's just not reality sometimes. So, Loki, it's kind of the Lakers' fault because sometimes we do get people we shouldn't get. Like when we got LeBron coming to the Lakers when we sucked, it was like, all right, cool. We can get anybody. We can get LeBron. We can get anybody. So, yeah, it's, it's a y'all little got, bit tough, but I feel like we'll be fine. Yeah, I got that big market to you. Same thing, teams in you know, show, all man. the LA teams, the New York teams. Like sometimes you don't got to be the best fit. Just y'all in a great market. It's LA. It's the Lakers. Like some people just want to. Some people just want to come over here, bro. Some people just want to do that. So it is what it is. Uh, The last team I have as team that stands out as one of the biggest losers of the deadline, for again the same reason, 
the Golden State Warriors. Yeah. They are if the season ended today, they would not make the plan. They're a full, they're a full game behind the Utah Jazz uh to be the 11th seed right now. Steph Curry is playing phenomenal basketball. And the man just does not have enough help around him right now. Actually, let me let me stop capping. They did make a trade. I'm out here saying they didn't make a deal. They traded Corey Joseph. That was the only, and that was like, well, the trade deadline is what, like 3 p.m. Eastern? Yeah. That was at like 2.59 and a half. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I don't even think it got tweeted out until after the deadline passed. Um, but yeah, I don't even know what to say about this Warriors roster. We've talked about them so many times. I really don't want to come off as like we're being haters, but you just, you can't. What what you see is not lying to you. We have over a half a season worth of of sample size on this current roster right now. It's not it, bro. For as as great as Kaminga has looked these last couple of, of weeks, he's looked fantastic. It's not enough, bro. Wiggins is not the same player he was when they won the finals in, in 2022. Clay Thompson, as much as it hurts, is a shell of himself, bro. And there's a lot of times where he's coming in games and he's gunning for shots. And that's just, it's not him. And it feels like even coupled with like, that yeah, video came out of him on the sideline, so frustrated. They were asking him about not closing lineups. It, it, it feels like it's its all really getting to him. Obviously, mm-hmm. I don't know him, so I can't say that to be sure. But that's just what it, it feels like from the outside looking in. Um, and it's tough because I think we talked about it. Like, you don't want to see discord that dominated the NBA kind of go out like this, but there's a very real shot. They don't make the plan. And that's, that's tough. And they did nothing today to change that. I know it's hard to say like, let's break up this core, but I think we've both agreed that when you've got Steph playing like this, your championship window is open. And if a movable contract and a guy like Wiggins or clay is something that can actually make your team better. That's a, a, a decision you might have to make. And I know Bob Myers saw that writing on the wall and got up out of there. But that decision had so to be that, made. I Left it to that. Mike Dunleavy. <laughs> um, so, yeah. What, what do you think about the Warriors? And pick aside me still in the chat saying he saw four rings. Yeah, not many people could say they saw four rings. That's facts, I, man. You can't take nothing away from the four of those players, bro. Legacy-wise. Not many dynasties, period, NBA history have ever done four rings, especially not in that time frame. Like that Spurs dynasty got five, and that took three different decades to get done. Facts. They did it in like six, seven years. That's why we're saying so, even if if even if it got to the point where yes, you did have to move off just or break up the core three, no matter what they do for the rest of their career, whether it's on the Warriors or not on the Warriors, should ever change. You know their legacies, what they did right. for the Warriors, it should never change any of that. That's already cemented. But with that being said, if we're just talking just strictly right here, right now, if you guys still wanted to contend and still wanted to win and still maximize the time you have left with Steph, that's the, that decision has to be made, bro. I'm going to be honest with you. Because at the end of the day, what else do you have to really – like what moves can you really make, you know what I mean, like besides, you know, breaking up that core three? Because at the end of the day, they're making, they're making a lot of money and they're not the same players that they were before outside mm-hmm. of Steph. So – it's really tough. Um, again, I mean, if we're just strictly talking about the deadline, like I said, 
to me, if you weren't going to rip the Band-Aid off and make that a trade, whether it's for Clay or just someone else, I don't really see a trade that they could have made that would have, you know, catapulted them into, you know, being able to contend unless it was some huge blockbuster that I just don't know about or I just couldn't see mm-hmm. coming. So from that aspect, yeah, but some something has to give. I will say that something has to give. Um, unfortunately, it wasn't at the deadline, but, you know, after the season, if you guys end up not making the playoffs, it's, it's going to be a, a tough time. It's going to be called for some tough conversations. So I guess we'll, yeah. we'll see how the season brings. I guess it's a little bit tough because – you're probably going to end up wasting, you know, a, a, a great year out of Steph, another year out of Steph's prime. But it, I will say I know it's just tough to to have that conversation and really break it up, break up a big three that accomplished so much together. But at the end of the day, bro, like you said, Steph is, what, 35 at this point, still mm-hmm. playing great basketball. He still can lead a team to a championship. So if you want another one, you might have to just, you know, get rid of the past in your mind for, for, for a second. You know what I mean? But. Yeah, man, it's it's tough. It's tough if you're a Warriors fan right now. For what it is worth, and I'm double checking so I don't lie, uh this is the last year of Clay's deal. In reality, I think Clay now knows as much as the Warriors organization knows, he is not getting this type of bag on his next contract. No. So if there is a silver lining, a you know, a bright side to this is you likely sign him on a smaller deal, and that opens up a lot of cap space. He's making this year's making forty three million. Clay Thompson, like realistically, if you just put out market value, like let's say, take the Warriors out of the situation, if he just hit the free agent market, like what do you think Clay's getting next year? <laughs> fifteen. I was about to say like fifteen. Right, like just it, it just like got to be real. So like, he takes the pay cut. To stay, which makes sense for both sides, because then you don't have to deal with, like, you traded away part of the Splash Brothers, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, he stays on a smaller contract. That frees up, like, $25, 30000000 million in cap space. The cap is going up next year. Um, you might have something to play around with there in the offseason, potentially. Um, so, again, maybe they just also could have come to the realization that, like you said, there. I don't know that there was really any move they could have made with Clay, especially coming out the deadline. It felt like it would have had to play out earlier than that. So for tag on this late in the game, there probably wasn't anything really there on the table. And again, even if they did, does that move the needle that much from them being a team that might miss the play into like really getting back into contention? Right. No, because there's still so many needs outside of just Clay that have to be addressed with this roster with their their uh, wing play, their lack of size, especially in a Western Conference that's dominated the last season by a big and Jokic. Like, there's a lot of other issues that we've touched on that, that they would have to address. So I think if I was a Warriors fan, that's, I think, the best outcome of this is that you get him back on a smaller deal, you find ways to retool in free agency um, and maybe make smaller trades here and there around Still Steph playing Dre, but on different contracts. I, even I, Draymond is making twenty five a year now. Right. I will say too, and the same thing pick aside me just said in the in the chat is like not only what does he have to come back on less money, he does have to accept a lesser role as well. Because if you bring in Definitely. other people, like he's not the same guy that can, you know, you can play him that as many minutes, even if it's something like coming off the bench. Is he willing to accept that? I mean, you're already accepting less money. So I mean, I'm assuming if you if you do that, you're probably open to, you know, a lesser of a role, but Again, it's like that's another tough conversation that you might have to have. So, 
Um, yeah, I mean, the offseason is going to be interesting and see what they do it. But I, I I agree that, you know, you do have to maximize, you know, what's left of Steph Curry while he's still being able to be talented enough to lead a team to a championship. Yeah, I, I really think that's the only way. So I, in the same way that he said, like, I, it would be weird to see Clay in a different jersey. Like Facts. That just don't look right if he wasn't in a Warriors jersey. So a, I'm not even a, saying that I want to see that. Like, I don't think I do. In a perfect world, you know, like they all retire together. You know, they all retire Warriors. Like they're like they never play for another team because like that would just be fitting, like a fitting end to the dynasty. It's just tough when one of them is still like playing at that level and the other two's not. That like, that that's a little bit tough. Has that ever happened before? Now that I think about it, like I'm thinking to all the dynasties in the NBA's history, right? Like even if you go way way back, like even with the Lakers. Right, like Kareem played for other teams. Like he mm-hmm. started as a buck. Um, you know, with the Bulls, like you got Jordan and Pippen, but like Rodman wasn't there for the first three. Um, Horace Grant wasn't there for the second three. Like, so there was some switch up there between guys that were in their main, main core. Even with the Spurs, low key, Tony Parker retired with the Hornets. Hornets yeah. So they really could be the, f- unless I'm missing something, like, the first dynasty like teams with multiple multiple championships who started and finished with the same team never left that never really happens yeah because yeah, you always have people on like people come in at different times there's different ages right. you know there's just mm-hmm. the closest thing i can think of as far as just all maybe we say all leaving relevance at the same time was kind of like the spurs Cause like Tim, like part uh, Tim Duncan. Got he like- should have never went to the Hornets. Tony Parker. That feels weird. It feels like it almost should be scrubbed from our memories. Like it, it should. Yeah. He should have just been with the Spurs. You remember the story about that with Devontae Murray? He was talking about that. Yes. Bro. Yeah. How he was kind of like, like not open to you know mentoring and all that type of stuff. Yeah. It should have never happened. Mm-hmm. But I say that's the closest one to where they all kind of just like faded from relevance because they all just got older. Other than that, yeah, you always gonna have someone that leaves. Go to a different team. Someone retires early. Someone still like even um, even technically like with the Jordan Bulls, it's like Jordan retired in the middle. Pippen played like well, on the Bulls still. Then when he came back, he was with the Wizards. I believe Pippen went to was it the Blazers. I forgot who it was. Oh, I'm tripping. You're right. How, how did I forget about that? He did leave and went to Portland. Yeah. So it's like no one. You never have the core that are all there together. Get drafted at the same time and then all retire together. That never really happens. Thanks. Yeah, take take the Bulls out of the equation entirely because I was like, at least they had two. No, because Pittman did dip out after, and he was with the Blazers. I think with that was a young Rasheed Wallace. I'm pretty sure so, he yeah. played with. Um, so yeah, him too. I I just started googling around on um, uh, Basketball Reference those like Celtics teams of the mid '80s. Bird was there the whole time and retired to Celtic. McHale was there the whole time and retired to Celtic. I'm trying to look up, like, Danny Ainge, I know, played for a couple other teams. I think Dennis Johnson played for a couple other teams. Um, Yeah, so, like, them two were there. Even Robert Parrish bounced around towards the end of his career. So, it's like, at least no team has had three main core guys. And, like, you can really argue that that was a big three, like, start and finish their entire run there. So mm-hmm. that would be historic to see. 
so maybe you know and i just convinced myself like i don't even care at this point anymore don't trade clay don't do that <laughs> don't, clay, don't do that keep clay bro. clay, clay you, you gotta talk to clay himself like listen clay if you're watching this i know you probably are of course you are you gotta just listen i know it's probably gonna hurt the ego less money lesser role retire a warrior y'all all retire together bro that's what everybody wants to see he gotta do it you said clay i'm stubborn. Sure. And I mean, yeah, like, I, stubborn in the chat. <laughs> but if you think about it, though, it's like, see, and, and this is why I feel like that doesn't happen is because, all right, let's 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 bring up Melo, for example. Like, obviously, Melo didn't have, like, the team success. But if I'm coming mm-hmm. from a guy who was, you know, a star player, I've done this in the league, I've done that in the league, and then, obviously, you know, my, my skills diminish a little bit. My athleticism, all that stuff goes. In my head, I'm still that guy no matter what. Like, I'm still right. have the competitiveness, the confidence, and, like, bro, I'm not. I'm not coming off the bench. I'm not taking a lesser role. I'm not taking less money. Like, no, I'm not doing that. And right. I feel, like a lot of guys, I feel like their body retires before their actual, like their mind retires. And mm. in that case, it's tough because, you know, the ego is still there. The competitiveness is still there. It's like, you don't really want to accept that. But at the end of the day, you kind of got to. And then you, that's when you, you know, you go to a, a different team that people forget you even played for. Like, oh, I still got it. Reality, you don't. Like, that's why that never really happens. Because it's hard to really kind of sacrifice, you know? And that's why uh, some guys like like Tim Duncan gets that respect because even like later in his career, it's like obviously he's not the same Tim Duncan, but he knows like I right, I can still contribute, I can still help us win. Like they even won a championship, I think it was what in in fourteen when he was yeah like he obviously he wasn't old. the same Timmy. He was old, <laughs> he was really old, but you know he was never going to leave the Spurs. So it it takes right. a different type of personality and you know ego. Mm-hmm. Honestly, that. How you just broke all that down makes you – you really got to look at what Russ did, especially this right. year with the Clippers. Like, take less money. They trade for James Harden. He goes to Tyler and says, I'll come off the bench. Mm-hmm. I'll do that. That takes a special type of person to have that kind of self-awareness to be like, we over me, right? Like, I'm putting what my self-interest might be. I'm putting the team first. 100%. Um, so, that's – it's our conversation, like you said, but but Clay's if either if he's not gonna be honest with himself, somebody gotta be honest with him and mm. let him know. Um, like you gotta chill, bro. Like you are not the clay of old. That's and that's okay. It's not even your fault, bro. Injuries suck. They've robbed people of their careers. Like, we're grateful that you're still playing. Cause bro, not too long ago, Achilles, that could end your career, bro. Facts. And to do that right off of ACL tear. Facts. Like the fact that you are even still here and playing and contributing, like we, that, should be enough, bro. So he's gotta, he gotta find a way to cut down on how he comes in the game sometimes, and he's just like forcing, 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 bro. You're still Clay. It's okay. You'll we can never take away from you. What was it sixty three points on like fifteen dribbles or something crazy like it was, that? I think it was like last. I forgot how many dribbles it was, but it All was right. it was, you, it was something crazy. You can never take that away, bro. It, it, it could. Retire right now, and you will be a at worst probably like a top five three point shooter all time. At worst, oh, yeah, for sure, no question. With you playing with the greatest shooter of all time, you know how good you have to be to be playing with the greatest shooter of all time and still be considered for basically the entire time before he got hurt as the second best shooter. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy, bro. Best shooting backcourt ever. Unbelievable, bro. So. Yeah, he's got to – somebody got to talk to him. Draymond, you got to go talk to that man. Or Steph. Maybe Steph might it might receive yeah, better. Yeah, but see. <laughs> I don't know if I have Steph do that. <laughs> um, to wrap up some of the other trades around the league today, um, the 
uh, Raptors and Jazz made a deal. Um, Jazz went out, got Otto Porter, Kira Lewis, and a first-round pick from this year, which has some wild protections on it. It's like whichever one is the lowest or the highest pick, lowest in terms of like it's later in the draft Mm -hmm. between the Thunder, the Clippers, the Houston, or Utah with some weird win-loss. It's too complicated. Just know it's not that great of a pick. (laughs) Um, And the Raptors end up getting Kelly Olenek and Oche Abaji, who I do like a lot. Again, he's another guy that's a high lottery pick. Um, Or he's a lottery pick, not a high lottery pick. I think he was the last pick of the lottery. Um, But a guy who was a very good player in college. I think I'd be Trevor. I'm pretty sure it was Kansas. Um, and just didn't really get a ton of minutes um, in Utah. Um, but, you know, Masai likes tall, lengthy wings <laughs> out there in Toronto. Uh, so he fits the bill. So I, I like that move for them there. Um, and they also made one of the most interesting trades that I know got laughed at a ton on Twitter. Uh, they basically swapped Dennis Schroeder for Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, I guess that young was in the deal as well going to Brooklyn, but just a very random trade. For Why? what? For what? Like, what? Who's getting better? Who's getting worse? Like, what's the point, bro? <laughs> but whatever. I, I, I'm pretty sure Dinwiddie's the biggest contract, so maybe they just their salary cap a little bit. But other than that, two mid teams trading mid player. players that are it's, right. It's, <laughs> it's so funny that that tweet that I sent that was like, "Yo, bro, you're really like imagine having to travel across the country for the, an insignificant trade like just like this." It's like. <laughs> What no one's getting better, right. no one's getting worse, but I'm changing my whole life around. It's crazy. I didn't, you don't even think about that, but it's like when you're when you get traded for a team like Brooklyn and Toronto, you gotta get your you probably gotta get a work visa, you gotta make sure your Bro. passport's in order, you yeah. gotta get all your stuff moved, it probably gotta go through customs. Like that's a that's a headache and a half. And all, bro, all that stuff happened. Like, bro, you're going tonight. Like, you got to go. Right. It's not like, bro, yeah, you got a week. The plane like, will be for you in a couple hours. Be on the tarmac. Pack everything up. You have to go. Granted, you, you might have kids, wife. Like, you don't never, you don't even know. But everybody has to go. You got to go. That's that's tough. Yeah. Um, the uh, Bucks also got, why am I tripping? Bucks got Patrick Beverly. I don't know why I couldn't get the name out. Um, and they traded Cameron Payne over to the 76ers in a second-round pick. Really interesting because Damian Lillard and Pat Bev got beef since the bubble. So, I mean, interested to see how that goes. Pat, Pat Bev had beef with Russ, though, when they went. Um, he did. Like, even Pat Bev, I believe he even said it. He was like, uh, he was like, yeah, I got to patch my relationship up with Dame so we can win a championship. So, I think Pat Bev is a guy that we everyone talked about listen you hate playing against him but you love when he's on your team i think that like you know you can and i feel like he's matured up as far as like being an adult to like put all that stuff to the side you know yeah and it's funny because he broke his own trade on twitter like (laughs) dudes was keeping up how many trades Woj broke versus shams pat bev broke his own trade (laughs) he did i will say that's funny side no i forgot (laughs) because beside me say not uh uh steph gotta talk to him Draymond gonna punch him in the face steph gotta talk to clay that's facts (laughs) <laughs> nah, yeah, they can't do that. They need to keep Draymond like he need to be supervised Draymond right needs now. A muzzle, like <laughs> he needs to chill, bro. Wow. Uh, he just said that the Bulls said they want to keep Demar long term, bro. No way. For what though? Send me like, that link, bro. They did. No, no I remember. Way. Remember what I told you about before? They was like, uh, they want to add Joe Harris for the playoff push. I'm like. The pl- bro, what, bro? The Bulls the playoff push? What are you talking Yo. about? 
I'm reading it right now. Bulls ownership was prepared to approve a rebuild, but Vice President Artunis Karnaschovas chose not to proceed in that direction and instead opted to maintain the current roster. Fire? Like, <laughs> that feel like... If, if the owner is going above you and being like, yeah, bro, I think, you know, we, I'm cool with it if you blow it up. Because mm -hmm. usually that's the... When you we talk about stuff like this, the business side comes in because sometimes the ownership, obviously, like, they don't want to go through rebuilds. Ticket sales, right. That's going to all take a hit if your team gets worse. If the owner is coming in and saying he's cool with it, bro, you're wilding for not doing that. Crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. He just gave you, kind of gave you the out, too. It's like, no, let's, let, we're fine. Like, the business side, everything, we're good. I understand we're going to suck. Right. Let's do this so we can actually be good eventually, hopefully. But i don't know man i just uh he must know it. something we don't apparently the bulls gonna come back next year lonzo gonna be healthy demar's gonna be hooping and they're gonna win a championship and we all gonna look stupid in a year's time if they did that i'm not watching basketball no more i promise yeah. you I'm not because that'd be the like nah i'm not watching basketball bro and he'd be the greatest like vice president gm ever because he'd be like nah i know we could do this i know and he really does he really does it he, he's the best bro he just knows way more basketball than we do Apparently, bro. Apparently. Um other last, really the last like kind of notable deal. Um, three teamer between the Suns, Nets, and Grizzlies. Um, the biggest, biggest piece getting moved in here is Royce O'Neal um goes to Phoenix. Apparently, I, like I it sounded like that was trying to be Miles or Miles Bridges from Charlotte. He didn't. I think he because he signed an extension would have had to okay the trade. Some kind of stipulation. Yeah, he said like, like no that. or something like that. Yeah. So I, once that kind of fell through, um, they pivoted and again trying to fit that same mold. They go out and get a guy in Royce O'Neal, three and D guy, a guy who was on those Jazz teams that made those deep runs. So you need that type of type of person uh, for a team like the Suns. They also get David Roddy as well, which I think is is underrated part of this deal. I like David Roddy a lot. Um, he showed out multiple times this season before Ja got there. Um, I think he'll come in and he can – I wouldn't be stunned if he cracks their rotation, like going deep into the – you know, as we get late in the season into the playoffs. Uh, I think he can be a really big contributor there. Um, the Grizzlies get Yuta Watanabe and Chimezi Metu, and then the Nets get Jordan Goodwin, who has some great games this year for the Suns as well. Kata Bates, Diops, and then three second-round picks, two of them coming from Memphis. Um but yeah, what do you how you feel about the Suns roster? We've been critical about how their roster has been constructed. They've gotten healthier. They're playing better. I think they have, I think it's crazy to think Bill, Booker, and KD have now already played more games than KD, Kyrie, and James Harden did. And they've been together for not even a half a season yet. That's insane. It just shows how big of a failure that like Nets team big three was. That was supposed to be like the greatest big three of all time. Insane. Insane. But, I mean, I mean, you know, this, we kind of knew what the Suns roster was going to be. It was going to be, you know, we're going to need just key guys to kind of step up. Guys, you know, on minimum deals, these role players. We're going to need we're gonna find need to find people that can step into the rotation and be good for us, play big minutes and, you know, contribute um, as long as our big three is all healthy and all together. Cause, I mean, we kind of talked about it even after the offseason. Like, if the big three is all healthy, like, they filled out their roster decently. Like, it's not the greatest roster in the world. I don't even think me or you are, is a huge fan of the way they constructed their roster. But a guy like Royce O'Neal definitely helps. Like you said, 3 and D guy that can come in and contribute, give them exactly what they need. The biggest thing for them is really just having their big three all healthy, all there, especially come playoff time. And, you know, now as well, because, you know, building that chemistry, you know, 
um, is really important, especially come playoff time. But if the big three is healthy and they got a key guy, a couple guys that can step up here and there, like I think they'll be fine. Yeah, they they're gonna have to. They're gonna have to. Like we said, these top heavy super team esque rosters, your your top guys have to deliver, and they can't they can't get hurt. It's, it's, it's huge just, risk, huge reward. It's just right. It's just it's tough because we haven't seen it happen. In your head, you think like, uh, you know, three stars, yeah, it could work, but we technically have not seen it happen this type of way, like the Suns, the Nets, like where you just buy the big three. If you draft the mm-hmm. big three, yeah, that's different, but like buying all of them and having nothing on the back end, it's a little bit tough. So, I mean, we'll see. We'll definitely see. Yeah, like I said, they've been playing better. They're sitting at, uh, they got their 30th win uh, a night feet. or two ago. Yeah, so they're sitting in a good spot in a very, very tight uh, Western Conference. Um, so, look, like I said earlier, I am in love right now with how much parity there is across both conferences right now. Like, the there last night there was a four-way tie for the one seed in mm-hmm. the Western Conference. That is crazy. If, um, if you had to put your money on it, who you think is getting the one seed out of them four? Out west, mm-hmm. Clippers. Mm, interesting. interesting. They're hot, bro. They, they are bro. hot. I'm not gonna lie, they are hot. I'll they did. Honest. They did lose last night, and Zion, Zion, and CJ were kind of tweaking on them a little bit. But um, for this Clippers team, hey, look, I always said I'll be the guy that if I was wrong, I'll come out and address it. <laughs> Ty Lue said, give them 10 games. We did not give them 10 games. We, we gave them not. four. <laughs> I got a video up there that's uh, on the channel that says, James Harden might have just ruined the Clippers. I was wrong. <laughs> take it back. I take it back. Um, I, I'm loving this team right now. Kawhi, bro, Kawhi looks scary right now. That's scary. So Listen, we've always – my fault. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, I put it on them partially because I think they feel that this is the year. Like, they're healthy. They're pushing. Like, Kawhi and PG have been available. They got the more than enough talent. Mm-hmm. Um, and they got the depth. Again, we talk about those contending teams that check a lot of the boxes. They check in all the boxes and might have one of the best coaches in the NBA. That's facts. So, that's definitely facts. Yeah, yeah. I, I give it to them. Clippers are okay. See, yeah, I mean, honestly, if I, I, I'd lean OKC. Um, like I said, the Gordon Hayward edition, they're also playing well right now. I also feel like they're just mm-hmm. a young team that's just out there like, listen, why not now? You know, I, I understand we're right. all young. We got time. But, like, bro, let's just let's go do it now. You know what I mean? So they're playing well. Um, I like the way the roster is constructed. So I would say it's definitely between the Clippers or the Thunder. So the Lakers fan in me is going to lean against the Clippers. So let's I'm, I'm rooting for the Thunder in that aspect. <laughs> Are there – do you – this kind of just came to me. Do you feel like there's any similarities to this OKC team now than like the very young KD, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, OKC teams? Like you got, I feel like a, a I'm talking a certified star. Like at that time, KD was definitely a star. Mm-hmm. Got that in Shea. Che Dub, like, yeah, like not saying that he's necessarily to the level that Russ was at that point in time, but I do feel like he's honestly a little underrated. Like people chalk up a lot of his points coming off of like Shea, but he's a guy, like I said, is 
could definitely create for himself at any point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, and is I think has a real chance to probably be an all-star as early as next year. Um, Chet was in all-star conversations this year. Like, I don't know. I just feel like there might be some similarities. Like you've got a young team just playing. Um, they, they've got scoring. They got some size. Um, I don't know. It's interesting. Interesting. I mean, I, I definitely see what you mean for sure. The only, the only thing that has me like, I, I don't know, is the fact that could you see all of them? I mean, Shea, yeah, but could you see J Dub and Chet going somewhere and being MVPs? Not saying like they would leave OKC and that necessarily would happen, but do, can you see them being at a level to where they can like on their own teams? They're all like that guy. You know what I mean? Like together, I think they're great. Yeah. I don't know if I see that type of ceiling. Maybe with Chet, but I don't know. That's what I, I was about to say. Ta- from a talent perspective, I definitely could see that from Chet, just because mm-hmm. Bro is seven foot one and doesn't really have any crazy weaknesses to his game. Like, yeah, yeah, with Chet, yeah, for sure. It, it's, um, honestly, maybe it's probably more of a J Dub, and I, I, yeah. I really like J Dub. Though I'm not gonna lie, I really like J Dub. So I, I could say I, I see the comparison, though. I see it, but. Going back to when people were talking about OKC at the time, I don't think people were talking about Russ like that way. They That's fact. Definitely weren't talking about James Harden like that. That's I don't fact. know that anybody knew that Harden. We all knew Harden was going to get to the Rockets and blossom. Not like the time that that's very no, I, I will say yeah okay from that aspect I think I agree with you then because no at the I remember at the time nobody was like. James Harden like even then when then they lost James Harden they was like oh dang they really lost like you know a good player it was like. <laughs> they didn't know they was losing MVP, yeah. like one of the best shooting guards ever, James Harden. So I, I, right. I see what you mean. He went paired up with Mike D'Antoni and took the NBA over, bro. Yeah, that's true. Still to this day, that was a 2017 Rockets team mm-hmm. pushed the healthy KD Warriors to seven games, bro. That does not get talked about enough. For as much of Harden's like playoff, you know, shortcomings that he has, who else did that? Nobody, bro. LeBron ain't even do that. Yeah. No, that was twenty. It was twenty eighteen or twenty seventeen. It was the KD year, it was right? It was before it was, that. It was twenty eighteen. It was twenty eighteen. No, it was it was the KD year. It was definitely yeah, okay, KD. Yeah. It was twenty eighteen. Because yeah, yeah, it was the twenty eighteen Rockets. Twenty eighteen Rockets. I remember that because it was the second year of the um the Warriors. Yeah. So, so no nobody else pushed them to seven, bro, except for him. That's facts. He. <laughs> There was not even a second like crazy superstar there with him. I mean, Chris Paul was he was listen, he was but not not, series, not to that level. Like it you know wasn't what I mean? it, like it wasn't. He didn't have no Steph with like you know what I'm saying. He didn't have no right. crazy superstar. But listen, CP in that series was huge, bro. I still Definitely. feel like if if Chris Paul don't get hurt, they win that series. I still feel that way. I have no way of proving it. It's just a feeling. It's literally just a feeling. But you never know because he got hurt in. He he missed six and seven, didn't he? I think so. There is a timeline out there where Chris Paul got like four rings, bro. <laughs> this is, bro between between his injuries or his teammates, bro. Or just simply getting traded to the Lakers back in the day with Kobe, bro. If you get traded to the Lakers with Kobe, I guarantee you he has at least two, three, at least. Yeah. Dang. Is Chris Paul low-key one of the most unlucky players in he, NBA history? Easily one of the most unlucky players, bro. It's all like <laughs> it's like every single time you're like, Oh, yeah, this is his year, he got a chance, he gets hurt. Every single time we run into just like a way better team, or just things just don't work out, like 
it's it's every time, bro. It, it, it never fails, which is tough. His best chance, obviously, was the year they made it to the finals. And I was, I ain't gonna lie, I was rooting for the Suns team. I was rooting for them. I wanted them to win. I wanted him to get his, but mm-hmm. he just ran into, ran into Giannis on a mission. And now he in Golden State. The one time he finally is paired with Steph is the one year they really might not make the playoffs. He picked the worst time to, to put his differences aside and join them. That's the problem. He should have did it a minute ago. He, he picked the worst time, bro. It's funny because uh, he actually was on Draymond Green's podcast, and I was listening to them talk about how they really had, like, they really did not rock with each other prior to them getting, you know, teamed up this past offseason. He said it. He so was like, he's like, I, I don't like him. I respect him. And right. Even when, that was, I think that was when he got tra- uh, traded there. He still said it afterwards, knowing he was going to be on the team with him. And I'm not gonna lie, that's what I do respect about Dray- Draymond. He's not gonna. He'll be honest. Like he'll say, like, no, I, I don't like him, but it's business. Yeah. Like, I, well, we gotta make it work. Right. Tough. That's so crazy. He really has not made it back to the finals. Hadn't made it to the finals before that, and had so like you can go through year by year, especially with those Clippers years. Chance after chance, and they just one thing or another. It was a series where Blake Griffin got hurt. Like they just, he just can't catch a break, bro. Yeah, it's unfortunate, bro. So, well, we're here. Deadline is passed. Uh, All Star break is what next week, right? Yeah, yeah, it should be next weekend because they always have the All Star Saturday night, right? Yeah, Mm. so. There's literally only a week left of games before you get to, you know, Friday night. Um, so I'm excited, excited for All-Star Weekend. How you feel about who they got in the slam dunk contest? I think it was, they said it was the first time since 2000. And let me pull up the tweet for I cap, but I want to say 2007 um, that an All-Star is in the slam dunk contest. I didn't see who was Jaylen in it besides Jalen Brown. I don't know who else is in it besides Jalen Brown and the G Leaguer. It's Jalen Brown, Mac McClum, who won last year, Jaime Jaquez, and then it's Obi Toppin's younger brother, Jacob, who plays in the G League, too. What? Why didn't Obi Toppin? Well, I know he wasn't in a dunk contest, but I mean, I guess. If Mac McClung didn't, I th- I, it'll be fine because he had, he's he was legit. Last year, he kind of you know brought the dunk, con- dunk contest back a little bit. I feel like Jalen Brown, he got potential. I'm like, interested. He got bounced. He does, but I don't know if he's creative though. Like Jalen Brown don't strike me as somebody that's gonna come out there and really be flashy. Like what name one flashy dunk Jalen Brown obviously is in a game, but like I don't yeah, I can't remember a time. He, but he do finish. sometimes he be he punching it. So like at, that at least is giving me hope that like sometimes that's all it takes is if you just got it and like you, you don't gotta do nothing crazy, you just finish good dunks. Like he come out here with some nice little East Bay jam, like mm-hmm. I mess around and get high forties. Like the one thing I always will kind of, I don't know if I fully agree with it, but I hear them out with LeBron is when people be like LeBron, not ruin the dunk concept, but it's like he kind of messed up not being in it. Because I swear, after him, after he didn't be in the dunk contest, it's like no big star that got bounced want to be in a dunk contest. Like the I fact, don't get it, bro. It's it pisses me off. The fact that a guy like Ja. Don't want to be in a dunk. Obviously not this year, but like he don't want to be in a dunk right. contest. It's like what, bro? Like come, you know how you know how big that dunk contest would be from just like a 
a, a media standpoint, just viewership like, would viewers. be so crazy. Like, come on, bro. Like that stuff it kills me. The fact that Braun never did it, and now it's like that's why I kind of I respect Jalen Brown. Nobody who's like legit nice wants to be in the dunk contest. Even looking back at the best dunk contest with Zach Levine and, and Aaron Gordon, Aaron Gordon, they wasn't like star. Like that was back. Right. Zach Levine was with Minnesota. He wasn't like Zach right. Levine. That's like, what I'm saying. No all stars ever go to the to the dunk contest. Exactly. They were not all stars, so yeah, it's tough. But hopefully, hopefully, we get another good one. Because last year, uh, G Licker, he definitely, he definitely showed out. Yeah, Mac McClung literally single handedly saved a dunk contest. Was that was last year the same year too that uh, Jericho Sims dunked it, and he dipped it twice, and then ripped the ripped envelope the fit, trying to hold yeah. it. <laughs> terrible, bro. That yeah, was so terrible. Quiet, he says Zion needed to be in the dunk contest so he could get an award. <laughs> Actually, even, let's just. I'm about to say, let's do this live right now. If we had a dream dunk contest right now, who would your four be for All Star Saturday night? So people in the NBA, healthy, everybody's mm-hmm. healthy. Yeah, no injuries. Injuries have turned off. Okay, Jaw's definitely in there for sure. I need mm-hmm. Jaw in there. I need Anthony Edwards in there. I think what's a good one. I think Ant will go crazy. I need Malik Monk in there. Sleeper, I like it though. Hmm. That's because that. Mm, and I want another star. Malik Monk is the only guy that's not a star that I'll let slide because I I feel like he'd go crazy. He has mm. crazy bounce. I can't think of another star off the top of my head. I don't know. And I look at each one try to get like a big. Remember when they had, used to have like nice big men in the dunk contest? Like like a Dwight, Dwight Howard, Howard or something? Yeah. Oh, and then you, and then added 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 in the guy who won it last year, Mac McClung. Added him because he won it last year. and He went crazy. I had, I had that, that's fair, and I'm I'm gonna start mine there. I do think Mac McClung, regardless, should be able to. You always, if you're interested in it, you should be able to defend your title. Hundred percent, like every single year. Right. So I'm gonna go Mac McClung. I'm gonna throw Zion in it because it's Zion. He need to be in that, bro. Mm-hmm. Um, it's tough to not say Ja too. But I'm, I'm going to switch it up because I don't want to have the same as yours. So I'm, I'm going to do Max McClung. Ja versus Zion would go crazy, though. I ain't going to lie. Same draft. OD. I'm going to go Mac McClung. I'm going to go Zion. I'm going to say who? I'm going to throw. Can I throw guys that's been in it already? Yeah, for sure. Bro, put Obi Toppin back in it. Yeah, bro. I thought about it. I, was, he, I thought about Obi Toppin. He jammed the crazy East Bay the other day. Bro, put Obi Toppin back in there. Um, one more. Who else got like I'm talking crazy bounce? Hmm. Shaden Sharp just popped in my head. He do got crazy bounce. Wasn't he in it or am I bugging? Nah, I don't think so. Was he? Am I tripping? Actually, now you got me wondering. I swear he was in it. I could be wrong though. I um... could definitely be wrong. Oh, maybe he was. I can't think of no other star. Oh, no, nah, he wasn't. He wasn't. Okay. He he dropped out of it. Okay. And that's why Jericho Sims got in. Okay. Okay. So he was supposed to be in it. So maybe I'll throw Shane Sharp in there too. So I got Shane Sharp. I got Obi Toppin. I got uh, Zion and Matt McClung. I like that. That's that fine. Solid. That's a, I feel like it, it should be a good mix of like, at least these two be a star in there, right? Like, they don't need to be four randos. Somebody <laughs> that headlines it. Somebody that right. headlines. This, this it. is the main event. 
Bro, it was so bad in past years that dudes was like, they need to put the three-point contest last. That's so Which is bad, crazy. bro. Like, growing up, we used to, bro, I couldn't wait till the dunk contest came on, bro. That was the best. Right. I was so low-key better than the all-star game. I love the dunk contest. So, Facts. I need to get back to always being good every year. Yeah, so I'm going to clip that. That's going to be a nice little short imaginary. Yeah, facts. Slam dunk contest. Shout out to Pick a Side Meme for the idea there. <laughs> um, yeah. All-Star Weekend is here. P.J. Tucker ain't getting moved. I keep, every time I refresh Twitter, I keep seeing him upset, bro. He's pissed. Bro, he's pissed. He just want to go out there and, and cause havoc to somebody's best player, bro. That's all he want to do. I don't even blame him. I'm also seeing people. People... T- People tweeting out uh, that Goran Hayward is on the Thunder and that they, they're they like, the Thunder really just got him. And in the oh, the clips, old. <laughs> bro, it, somebody said, dog, Paul Pierce is on the court. <laughs> that's what I love. That's the funniest thing now. If somebody get traded, they'd be like, dang, he really just got him and post like yeah. 10 years ago highlights. Obama administration highlights. <laughs> <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Uh, yeah, I said, I, I think... This was a a good deadline, all things considered. Like understanding where everything currently sits, where all the teams are, and what really was available on the market. I don't think we was we was not bound to see a big star move. So everything considered, I'm glad that we got to see, like we said, teams like the Mavericks and the the Knicks go out and beef up their bench. Um, and teams are are really getting set for this this back half of the season, this playoff push. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I'm excited. Into yeah. that, crazy that we here point. already. Yeah, yeah. It's like teams already done played fifty games. Like we are, we're more than halfway through the season. It's crazy. More than halfway through the season. Crazy. Right now, coming out of the All Star break, who is your current favorite out west and favorite out east? Favorite out west. Okay, I'll start with the West first because the West for me is like, bro, it's it's, it's really you talking about to come it, out of the West. It's literally the Wild West, bro. It quite literally, because <laughs> if I and it's probably boring. If I had to pick someone, like if I had to put money on it, I would say the Nuggets. Honestly, I'd rank it like Nuggets as much as I hate it, Clippers. Then I'd say. It's crazy because I picked the Thunder to get the one seed, but Timberwolves Thunder because I truly feel like come playoff time the Thunder lack of size is really gonna hurt them. Um, but yeah, I'd say the Nuggets if I had to put money on it. As boring as that answer is, out East I still just feel like the Celtics are at the top of the top. Like Celtics, mm-hmm. honestly, it's crazy. That is the only team right now. Listen, a lot can change right now. That matched up against the Knicks, I'd probably pick them in the series. That's it. That's the only team. Everybody else, because it's like Celtics for me, the Knicks is like, they like right there, bro. They like right yeah. there. But I'd say I'd say Nuggets Celtics. I'm interested. So I've seen people talk about this, and I'm glad that you brought it up. If You you said you feel more comfortable right now with the Timberwolves than the Thunder. Yeah, cause just because defense, just literally just because of defense. I kind of feel the, the opposite. But like for like li- like literally the total opposite. I'm more confident with the Thunder than the Timberwolves because of their offense. Offense, yeah. <laughs> like the, the yeah the the Timberwolves offense, especially in the fourth quarter, bro. They have like a crazy drop off 
in net rating in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. I don't know struggled. what's going on out there, bro, but that part of why I'm glad they made the move they did to go out and get Monte Morris because they need some guard help. But already having like Rudy anchor down the defense is great, but you, you already know he ain't bringing you a ton on that side of the floor. So That's facts. To have offensive questions outside of that too, come playoff time, that's that's too dicey for me. I listen, and that's a that's a great take. I I definitely see what you're saying. The only thing is, I just hate the lack of size for the Thunder. Like it's not even like the Thunder's defense; it's the literally the lack of size. That is the only problem. Yeah. If they bring in another bigger body. That just flips right then and there. But I'm just only talking about the roster that they have yeah. currently constructed. But I see what you're saying because the Thunder I said the Thunderwolves. The Timberwolves. Thunder <laughs> the Timberwolves four quarter defense is definitely like a question mark. But at the end of the day, I kind of I just I hang my hat on defense. You know what I mean? But like I said, same thing with Rudy Gobert. He does have his playoff struggles, which is weird because these past couple pods, I've been going to bat for Rudy and I don't like it. I really right. don't. Like, I don't know what's been changing. I don't like it. But Look, I, that shows that you're able to put some bias aside and give a, a calculated, logical take. I'm, I'm able to be objective. See, that'd be the problem with some fans. If some fans can't do that. Like, you just like, yeah. this is my take. This is my feelings. Everything, nothing else matters. I'm able to be objective sometimes. But, but yeah, you know, um, so, yeah, they add a bigger body in there to help with the rebound and the size come play all the time. Like, that changes for me instantly right then and there. So, I I get why already you just feel like, you know, the offense is – not more important, but you'd, you'd rather trust the Thunder's offense and their defense mm-hmm. and their rebounding size problems versus the Timberwolves' defense and their like late offensive problems. So I get it; it makes sense. It's a it's a good argument because, like you said, it's it's completely opposite. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, I I kind of was somewhat hopeful that the Thunder could get a guy like Andre Drummond at the deadline, like to mm-hmm. help again, just have that bigger body next to to Chet. I he feels like a guy that should be on the buyout market, like. But who knows what the freaking Bulls at this point, bro? I feel like he's on a buy uh, every year, and all and like some like somebody going for it, like picks him up every time. He's bro, he's a quality center, especially he if he's coming in to be a backup. Big body gets rebounds, like honestly, bro, he might be the best rebounder of our generation. He he really might, <laughs> bro. When he was with the Pistons, bro. He, bro, he was like 20 and 20, bro. Oh, like he was Easy, automatic. Like, getting 15 boards every minimum every night, bro. If he could imagine like, if he could hit a free throw, bro. I was just about to say if he could like <laughs> space the floor at least a little bit. Like you don't even need to be a three-point shooter, but if you could You're hit right. a free throw and space the floor a little bit, bro, you would he wouldn't be jumping from team to team. He wouldn't be on the buyout market. No, he'd got locked down big bag contract. 100 percent Yeah, so. That, that's interesting. Though. I've seen people talking about that, and I was wondering what your thoughts were because I, I do – I just have questions about their offense, have questions about their offense. It's a really – it's a good – it's a good conversation, and it's going to be a good, like, thing to look at when the playoffs actually come around. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to be a good, like – kind of like a yeah. test, you know? I wish we could get that series. Like, the rate that it's going, they would basically have to get to the the Western yeah. Conference Finals for that to happen. But I wish Maybe we could so. get that. And, like, two young teams who've made the jump this like this year to to go and get in a seven-game series. Like, I love that. And it's a lot of good matchups. You got Ant and Shea. You got Chet and Rudy. Like, Because didn't they, didn't they play in the play-in last year against each other? Or am I thinking of – Yes, they did. They did. They okay, did. And that was the, the second one. playing game. 
Right. Yes. Okay, okay, okay. And then, okay, yeah, 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 right, right, right. Okay. Right, because that was when Pat Bev went crazy, right? <laughs> no, 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 wait, no, that was, that was before that. That was a year prior. That was yeah, a year okay. prior. I just know, if they did play, the Timberwolves obviously won. They did. It was the second Yes, the second oh, because we played the Timberwolves. The Lakers played the Timberwolves, right? Yeah, y'all Lakers beat the Timberwolves, and okay. then the Thunder beat the Pelicans. The Pelicans. Then, okay, got you, got you. That okay. was the final matchup, and that's how that's how the Timberwolves got matched up as the eight seed with Denver. Right. And Anthony Edwards hit that ha-ha on Aaron Gordon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stole one game. <laughs> and was still their toughest matchup, something, their toughest problem. According to Bruce Brown. And I believe them. That's, they, swept, they swept the Lakers. I can't say nothing. They swept the Lakers. <laughs> Yeah. Ah, oh, man. Exciting. Exciting, though, for, for the rest of the NBA season, though. You got anything else, or are you ready to about wrap this one up? Uh, nah, I feel like we, we touched on everything, so I'm just excited to see how all these trades play out for every, every team, you know? Definitely, definitely. Um. Oh, I'm tripping. I ain't even... I, I asked you a question. I ain't even answered myself. If I had to pick my... Oh, yeah, facts. Out, <laughs> out east and west, um, out west... I, I think I really am about to take it for me right now. It's like Clippers one a Nuggets one B, and then probably the Thunder next, then the Timberwolves, and then it's kind of a hot whole bunch of other teams around there. I'm mm-hmm. still not sold on the Suns yet. Um, out East, it's Boston. It's Boston. It's Boston. It's Boston. But hey, I today I was really moved. By the Knicks, the Knicks, I would say I would put right above the Cavs. Hundred percent. I and I will say, listen, don't let us get in there. I was gonna, don't let the Lakers get in there. That's oh, all. I'm, no. That's all. I'm, I ain't listen. We ain't gonna beat the Nuggets. We ain't gonna beat the Nuggets. But if we match up against the Clippers, granted the Clippers had our number. I ain't worried about the Clippers, bro. I don't know why. I have no reason to believe that we should beat them. We probably shouldn't. But yeah, I ain't worried about them. And them other teams, they just young. I ain't. You know what I'm saying? So. That's what I was about to say. This is what we did last year, right? When the uh, the Grizzlies were the two seed. Grizzlies, the it was Lakers. the Kings. It was some high seeds, some young right. high seeds. Bro, not worry about Got it. Got beat up by the veteran teams who were lower in the standings when the mm-hmm. game came playoff time. Mm-hmm. You think we're coming in for a repeat of that? If we can make it. <laughs> if we can make it in. I, listen, we need to get in first. That's the main thing. I'll worry about that other stuff later. I was gonna say, even a team like the Suns, bro, the Suns are a half game away from being in a plan. Like between the difference between the five seed and the uh the eight seed is two games right now. So it's like two of those teams gonna have to be in the planes. It could realistically still be a team like Phoenix that gotta go up and play against Minnesota or right. OKC or one of these young teams that's skyrocketed to the top of the standings. Mm-hmm. And that'd be the, like a team like OKC that stay with this court that's their first time, you know, actually mm-hmm. in that position. It's going to be interesting to see how they handle that. It's, it's going to be – nothing is set in stone, bro. Like, nothing is going to be set in stone. Just because you got the, the one, the two seed, that's, it don't mean nothing because, like I said, it could be a, a really good team that just happens to fall later in, in the standings and then you got to play right. them in the first round. And you really don't know what happens. So it's going to be interesting to see how everything, like, shakes out. Right. And it's the time of year, bro. Super Bowl Sunday's coming up. And once that passes, that's when a lot of people actually start watching the NBA. Some mm-hmm. people don't lock in at all until after the All-Star break. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, it's that point in time. We get here. It's about to – every game is about to start meaning a little bit more. So I, I love it. I love it. And we started a podcast around playoffs last year, and that was perfect. It's perfect. So I can't wait. 
Facts. With that, though, that's going to do it for episode 48 of the Off the Glass podcast. First live streamed episode. Um, we appreciate everybody that stopped in along the way, dropped a like, left some comments. Um, we appreciate it. As always, go ahead and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate all the support. Go ahead and follow us on the socials there at the bottom at Off the Glass Pod on Instagram and at Off the Glass Podcast on TikTok. I'm Billy, that's Dame, and we out. Peace. Yes, sir.